Welcome back to TC Talks, brought to you by My Tamil Date. My name is Ari, and on today's episode, we're going to be discussing Indian matchmaking. It's a Netflix show that's garnered a lot of uh, reactions. Uh, we got a great panel, and we're going to be discussing those reactions and just how relevant this show is in today's society. Let's go meet our guests. Hi, guys. I'm Nirvani from Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, I currently work in public relations and I'm also a writer for Tamil culture and I, um, I'm also a lecturer and I teach music and one of the things that was really interesting about this is that Indian matchmaker matchmaking is currently on everyone's lips besides <laughs> the Indian diaspora but everybody's talking about it. So when I was asked to um, appear here, I was quite interested and I thought, despite the fact that it's 11 p.m. in South Africa in the middle of winter, I'm quite happy to be here. That's why you're wearing that jacket. <laughs> well, hello. My name is Kurthiga, or Kurth, um, to all of you guys. And I worked previously in event planning and production, but as a result of COVID, I am currently just... Uh, enjoying my room a little bit more these days, um, as you can see by my Raptors shrine, um, and looking forward to getting into Indian matchmaking. Who wants to go next? And Keith? Sure. Um, hi, I'm, I'm Keith. I'm the host of Before Anyone Else, also another podcast. Um, our podcast is basically a relationship podcast, but it's more about asking different type of questions just because we are people of color. So I'm one of the hosts. There's two other hosts, uh, two of my really good friends. Um, and we're all people of color too as well. So I feel like a lot of people can relate to that uh, more from a relationship uh, side and the things that we go through. So it's more about building empathy by having guests tell them, uh, sorry, tell us their stories. All right, we also got uh, America in the house. I do. Hi, everyone. My name is Subhashini. I am in New York. I'm 28. I'm a Sagittarius. I Ooh. work in the uh, software space. I'm a product manager at a company that builds IoT technology. And uh, this show is wild. Super excited to talk about it and what it reflects about dating culture in general, TBH. Uh, so uh, excited to be here and chat. All right, last but not least. My name is Adhavan. Uh, friends and family call me Adi. <clears throat> I'm uh, from Toronto as well and uh, I've been working in community for the past several years and right now I'm working on an interesting project called the Community Healing Project and uh, it really spurred a lot of like conversations that were happening internally and I was like, you know what, let's branch out and see where and what folks are actually thinking about with this show. And I know I have some hot takes on it, so I'm excited to see where everyone else is on the field too. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are crazy, crazy hot takes. I mean, one of the things is with, with Netflix and all streaming apps, you never know what's coming out or when. I mean, they have little ads here and there, but like, how do you really keep up? And then, um, like you all mentioned, it, it, it is on everyone's mind, on, on their lips, as you said over there. So um, maybe we'll jump back to you, Adi, and, and see um, how did you even find out about the show and what were your thoughts before going in? Yeah, sure. So uh, actually, it's, it's really funny. I'm, I'm working with a young person right now who's uh, going through, I think, like COVID challenges and challenges just, I think, growing up and trying to find some sense in the world. And she was like, yo, Adi, did you check out this, this show? And I was like, no, I honestly don't watch a lot of TV, especially like reality TV. It's not my cup of tea. And um, I know things are like 
behind the scenes. It's a, a lot of things are glamorized, but I heard so much problematic things just from the language that she was using. I was like, yo, I got to check this out. Cause if this is conversation that's going on in households, like on the regular. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also at the age where like my parents are having this conversation with me too. And I'm like, yo ma, there's a couple of things that you need to know that you cannot say. And if you say this perhaps to this person, then I, you're going to write me right off. And so like have my back while I'm having yours. And so just kind of trying to make sense through all of this while navigating and finding community through all this too. All right, great. Um, Kira, do you want to jump in here? Yeah. So I, similarly, I just, um, I did hear about it through a friend first, but at the same time, Netflix just kind of always evolves and, uh, pushes forth a lot of new suggestions <laughs> for me to watch. And um, I came across it that way. And my thoughts, my thoughts watching the trailer um, and kind of getting into the show did come with a lot of internal prejudice. I think naturally just because um, us being in the South Asian community, none of this is unfamiliar to us. So we're all kind of used to hearing a lot of the things that kind of come through the show that we can obviously touch on. Um, so yeah, I did, I did go into it with my own thoughts and not so positive, um, thoughts towards it and definitely had my own ideas about Seema Auntie, but, um, I think- Seema from Mumbai? <laughs> every she says time, that every time she enters a place. A <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Like, that's that's her elevator pitch. It's amazing. I mean, kudos to her for consistency. Um, but yeah, so I, I- I did go into it with um, a lot of prejudice on my own, just in terms of what my own experiences were and a lot of triggers that kind of came through by watching the show. Um, but of course, like, as I kind of watched it, I think I, I was able to kind of take myself out and just look at it on a, on a holistic level and the different talking points that I'm sure we'll get into for the podcast. Oh, uh, and um, for those of you who don't know, of course, no one really does. Um, Kirit sent me some of her notes saying, this is what I'm writing about um, while watching the show uh, once she knew she was going to be on this podcast. And then I looked at some of my notes and they're eerily similar. Um, just throwing that out there. So we, we may be on similar pages, but you know, you never know. Uh, yeah. Keith, do you want to- Similar streets too. Pardon yeah. me? Similar streets too. Uh, well, hey, you're, someone's paying attention. <laughs> Don't come and look for all, look for all of us. Uh, Keith, you want to jump in and say how you got introduced to this show? Yeah, sure. It's actually from my uh, co-host. So she told me um, she's actually Indian too as well, but um, a lot less Indian, if you know what I'm saying. But um, it's, she came to me and she's like, hey, have you seen Indi uh, Indian matchmaking? And I'm like, no. In the beginning, I honestly thought it would be, and I'm, I'm, I don't watch a lot of Indian um, like reality shows or anything, but I actually thought it was like Indian produced, which I know it's an Indian person producing, but more from India. And I thought, oh, it's probably going to be cringy and cheesy. But then one day I look at my uh, Netflix, like um, related stuff that you should probably be watching, probably because I've been watching like Dating Around. That's another Netflix show. I don't know if you guys have seen yeah. it, but really good one. Um, so I decided to sit, watch it. And then I binge watched like I don't know how many hours straight, but like I, I slept like at three, four a.m. or something crazy like that. But I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into well, it yeah. because I mean, there's a lot of caveats in that, right? All right, um, Sebastian, you want to? Yeah. See how you got introduced? 
Sure. So I am a big TikTok connoisseur. I am constantly on it. And I started like, I mean, I'm constantly scrolling through my like for you page section. And I saw a number of clips on it. And it wasn't until I saw that, I think at this point, like pretty infamous clip of, um, you know, I forget her name, but she is amazing. Ah, Aparna, Aparna. where she's like, he didn't know that Bolivia had salt flats. And I was one of the notes. Yeah, and I was like, this is amazing. I want to know, like, (laughs) I want to know more about this person and more about the show. So I was like in the middle of building a Facebook chatbot one day. And for those of you who had done that before, it's a super tedious task. So I set up like Indian matchmaking on the monitor and I just, I like consumed it. And I was like, this is so great. I love like, so when you grow up as a Tamil in America, it's a little bit different from being a Tamil in Canada because there isn't as much of a centralized community. So I don't see arranged marriages happening in action. So for me, it was very fascinating seeing like the matchmaker get involved and seeing all of this happen because uh, my parents are trying to get me married, but they're all doing it in classic Tamil fashion behind my back. So I don't see them like looking at my chart with someone else's chart. Like I don't see any of that. So it was fascinating seeing all of that go down and also all of that go down with a very mixed audience. But then also I personally believe normalize it because to be honest, the things that people say on this show about what they're looking for in a partner, I feel like I have so many conversations with friends about what they're looking from a partner and I'm like dude yo that's not important but okay so I really enjoyed the show um I love the insight that it gave me about you know what the process of arranged marriages look like in a modern context I I loved hearing what people are looking for in another partner I loved all of it trash tv at its best I mean yeah who who doesn't love it Oh, last but not least, do you want to come in here with yeah. how you got into it? So um, being in lockdown, Netflix has been sort of my go-to um, sitting on the couch for hours on end, just flicking through whatever is watchable. And uh, I, I did watch a documentary called The Suitable Girl, which also featured um, uh, Seema Taparia as well as her daughter. And that was a really interesting and well done documentary. And so when I saw Indian Matchmaker come up in my feed, I thought, okay, it might have a similar theme and let me give it a shot. And I also binge watched, finished it all in one day, but I think I caught it quite earlier, like either the first or the second day that it was launched. So I got in quite quick. And suddenly there was just a tirade of, discussions on social media and people were constantly talking about it. Did you watch this? Did you watch it? And, and then the name started coming up and then the memes started flowing. And yeah, so it's been quite interesting because South Africa doesn't actually practice um, uh, any of the olden traditions such as uh, arranged marriages. But what's really interesting for me is that there's some unconscious bias that does pass down. So when people are actually looking for a partner, there is still that bias that comes through from the show. It's just not done through an arranged marriage as such. So yeah, Yeah. that's that's where it started. 
Uh, I remember speaking to people who clearly are, have no understanding, and that's a harsh way of putting it, but, you know, they're just a little ignorant on the, uh, the subtleties, let's say, of arranged marriages. Because uh, um, in a lot of Asian cultures, the same thing happens, right? So <laughs> they, uh, they were just so surprised that, that that was a thing and that there was such a thing as an arranged marriage or, and a love marriage. Or, like, what's a love marriage? I thought they were all love marriages. So I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I watched the show after hearing about it through TC and other people again, putting up the memes and stuff. And I said, okay, I'm not going to watch this. But then there was an opportunity to see really something that I would normally not experience in real life. And because, yes, my parents probably tried to do that too behind my back, as you said. But uh, I watched it with my wife, and my wife's not Tamil. Uh, in fact, she's Asian. So it's so funny hearing her just say, what the fuck, half the time. And she, she was like, why is she introducing herself every time in the same way, in the same monotone way? It's like every doorway she goes through. And of course, her favorite character is Aparna. I mean, that girl is amazing. Um, but, you know, now I just want to get, get the feelings out there. And, and it, it, this isn't going to be as a structured. So anyone want to jump in and just tell me how you feel? Just tell me how you feel about this show. Who wants to jump in first? Where do you begin? There's so much to kind of break down the okay well, well i'll go i'll go with some of my primary thoughts um, the first thing is that i'm 40 years old so i'm way over the marriageable so good. window uh, you wear it well though <laughs> just, just like that jacket it's, uh, it's the jacket <laughs> so so being 40 comes with its own set of um interesting uh, social pressures one and also um speaking to my friends who are divorced around my age and having to go through the online dating space and uh, Tinder being the crappy space that it is. Um, you know, like we go on dates that just end up in a waste of time, being a waste of time and waste of energy, etc. So um, having to listen to something like that with all the stereotypes that popped out, it was, uh, it was a bit of a slap in the face for a lot of us. And it was almost like, okay, so the world sees us as these unmarriageable things. And coming from, an, uh, from a, a diaspora community, it's, uh, it's really um, interesting that most people take on a very formulaic route in their lives um, where they get married quite, or they meet their partners quite early on and then get married, have, ki have kids, have a nice house, have their stable careers, and life goes on. But then when you're 40 and you're single and you realize, okay, something didn't quite go well the way it should have, according to society's rules, uh, but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. And I think that was what the, the show actually um, made me rebel about. And, and all the discussions that I've had with other people were centered around what the hell. <laughs> that was basically the theme of it. What the hell. Mm. I think one of the big things about this show and it shows like, I, I think we can all agree. It's a great show that it brings up this conversation. And I think, yeah, once again, a movie, a show, music, whatever, if it can bring controversy, uh, controversy up, I think it's like done its intended thing. And we'll look at it and say, Hey, we know this is going on. Um, and the other side who don't know, what's going on they think that you know this is actually going on but they don't have the full story 
So that's my, it's, so I'm sort of like on the fence. Like I do like it in the fact that it's true and it brings up the problems, but at the same time, um, if it's taken at face value, it brings up a problem that everyone thinks this is exactly how it is. And it almost kind of glorifies it and makes it look um, like it's okay. Right. I don't want them to think that this is an okay thing to do. It's normal. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, uh, I've had friends who've, um, uh, get into arranged marriages or anything and they're just like oh yeah it's you're you'll you learn to love that person which might be true for some minimal cases but at the end of the day it's it, it's steeped in so much like it, yeah it, it's it's kind of glorifying the yeah. that uh down the wrong road right well keith i'm going to segue off you if that's cool and uh i got this like really weird take on Remember the movie Crazy Rich Asians that came out? Yeah, yeah. Like, just segueing off your idea, Keith, like, I'm with it. Like, I'm all for facilitating dialogue. I'm all for mm-hmm. presentation. I'm all for, like, putting us out there into the yeah. mainstream and being like, we are here, we exist, we are in awesome spaces. But every time they do it, it's almost like, right now, again, it was, like, super affluent from the Crazy Rich Asian side, super affluent on this side, anti-Blackness, like, everywhere, Eurocentric standards of beauty. And it's kind of like, stop palleting us, like, or shipping us off, to like white America or Hollywood. Like there's so many of us that like are in intricate spaces and come up with like the most beautiful identities. But like there are Muslim people in India that like getting it talked about once. There are queer people or folks that identify different than the heterosexual norm. Yeah, I really wanted that. I really wanted uh, yeah, her to set up for that, um, actually. one woman with another or you know, yeah. if, we're sticking bi- if we're sticking binary here, one man with another man, just so it's easy. Cause I know that's what the audience will accept. Anything in between those yeah. genders They'll be like, whoa, what is this? A Sikh person who's not this or that? Whoa. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Sorry. So, no, and it's, it's exactly it. It's just like you do give like white folks have a baseline in terms of like what they understand about us. Broad, like broad brushstroke, right? Like I'm um, painting with broad pictures here, but like they know like the, the chicken, the, the butter chicken and all that stuff and all the basic stuff that came here out of business, out of pure economy, right? It doesn't like, there's no divide between South Asian and North Indian cooking and styles and all of that. And so it's just like one big plate for them. And it's like, oh, I already had a baseline. Like I knew they were like this. It's cool. I'll just keep my like biases pushing, you know? And I don't like that. It's like monetizing. And again, like you take what you want from certain pieces of our culture and then you add to the narrative on your own terms too. And it's just like really confusing to kind of sit in the middle and digest it all as like a, as a young person. You know? Hey, also on a side note, whenever I hear like people who aren't uh, brown, let's say, and they eat samosas that are from like Northern India, I'm like, hold up, let's go to this Sri Lankan place here. Let's go to this Tamil place here. Let's show you what a samosa yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's number one for sure. But it's also, it's not like crazy pastry. It's like there's stuff packed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, I'm I mean, even Indian hungry. people uh, go to that spot too as well. <laughs> We're all talking about the same one. So they know what's good. Right? Oh, I think I have a slightly different opinion than everybody. I think... I love it. So, so Avin, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think, and this is just a general feeling I've been feeling, especially like if you look at the political situation in America and how divisive things are, there is this dogmatism, this like purity that we expect in all theaters of life. And I feel like when people think, when you say arranged marriage to just like a random person who has literally no context, they're like thinking of, 
you know, again, since my cultural frame of reference is TikTok, they think of these videos where like women are crying because they're being ripped away from their families. And they think of these like extremely abusive situations. And it's like, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to be like, look like that. I'm sure that happens in some places, but on the reg, it's just like your parents setting you up on a blind date. It's really not that serious. And I do think showing people who are not consumed, who this, like their, this culture is not their everyday, showing them like, this is not a non-consensual thing. There is a lot of consent. It's basically like dating, except, you know, there's your parents and an old lady is involved. Um, and some like astrological chart stuff. Uh, it's really not that different and making it seem like, oh, you know, like this is actually like pretty, like this is way more familiar to me than I thought it was. I think that exposure goes such a long way. And I generally think that this like, again, this like we need everything to be absolutely perfect can sometimes be a little bit counterproductive in having that expectation in the media. I think always pushing for it is great, but ultimately I do think the, I would rather people look at Indian matchmaking and be like, oh, okay, all right, I get it. Then have them think about like, again, women being ripped away from their families, which by the way does happen and is a very awful thing. And like, there should be like a separate thing about that. But for, like, again, like, weren't, that's not, that's not what people, when I tell people, like, oh, yeah, in an ideal world, my parents would have me have an arranged marriage, like, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking is the kind of stuff that is depicted on Indian matchmaking. The other opinion that I want to throw out there is, and I will stand by this, I really do not see how Indian matchmaking and the criteria that people are talking about when they talk about what it is that they want in a partner is all that different from what our non-South Asian peers are looking for. I think, you know, when you look at apps like OkCupid, you could literally select the race of the person. On some apps, you can select the income. These are things that whether people are conscious about it or not, people are ultimately looking for. It's fucked up, it's messed up, and ideally we should just love everybody and accept them for who they are. But that's, I mean, that's not what modern dating is about. Everything is about putting your criteria together, whether it's you telling an auntie or setting up the filters in a way, it's the same exact thing with the exception of maybe cast. But I mean, dating is an inherently classist activity. So I I don't really know about that. I just, I don't see what the difference is. Like when I see someone on Indian matchmaking saying something absurd about what they're looking for in a partner, I'm like, yeah, I got a bunch of white friends who say similar shit. So I don't, I don't think, think uh, Subhashni, I don't think it was really about what the guys were saying for those who were actually looking for partners. I think the bigger thing was what their parents, the expectations that their parents had set for them. And like Preeti, for example, as a typical um, Indian, North Indian lady who has all these criteria that like even somebody's height was a problem. If she was under 5'3", I think, you know, it, it would have been an issue. And it, it was just those kinds of stereotypes. And I think there's subtle stereotypes that comes through, um, whether it's got to do with religion or 
colorism or anything of that sort, whether it's through an arranged marriage, whether it's a love marriage or whatever the case is, those stereotypes come through and there's chatter about it. And, and that was what sparked for me. It made yeah. me think, okay, you know, they're talking about it and it, it's cringing, you know, it's cringing to watch that. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, what am I watching? But it, it's also interesting that it was so put out there, but it doesn't represent every aspect of this very colorful POC community or a diaspora community that we've got. Um, a lot of it was North Indian representation I think Shekhar and probably Nadia, I'm not sure, but Nadia was a very interesting character for me because she was um, she was a descendant of indenture, same as my story. And that uh, the story of Guyana and South Africa is very similar in that respect. And so I, I identified a lot with that uh, kind of uh, narrative of hers. But yeah, it's just really interesting to see how um, it was very focused on North India and very focused on the the fair, straight hair, certain kind of look and height vibe that you get. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Keith, I just want to get yeah. Kirith to jump in here just because I, I know she oh, yeah, loves, <laughs> absolutely loves this show. And She's been quiet. Yeah, she has. I've, I've seen it. Very patient. I, I just want to hear this. My bad. Of course, we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, I have about five pages of notes, but listening to everybody's conversation, I do have I do agree with a lot of what each person has already um, mentioned and spoken to in terms of uh, the actual show overall. When I was watching it, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think a lot of us in our community can obviously relate because this is something that's not new to us. It's very familiar, you know, from a very young age, our parents may or may not have um, already spoken to us about this. And in terms of like a certain checklist, if you will, of like how our life should be progressing in the future. And that includes like education, where you're, um, you know, having a family, non-nuclear family and that sort of thing. Um, I think the different touch points of the show itself covered as much of it as it could i think in the first season like don't get me wrong i think in terms of n another season if that comes through there are lots more like in terms of having non-binary folk in terms of having anybody from the queer community in terms of having all these types of assortments of characters but in the first season um i was happy to see a non-nuclear family in that way and talking about like Vaisar and how his family has a yeah. very difficult history i and love him Absolutely. And we don't talk about that enough. We are very much so focused on this idea of what your honestly surface value is, like your resume, you know, what do you look like, where your family's from, what your education is, how many degrees or acronyms do you have next to your name. We have like a certain checklist of the type of person you think you want to marry into. And I think showcasing like single moms as well, divorcees, um, being able to showcase these things that have negative stigmas attached to it. And um, like it was mentioned earlier, it should be normalized. So I do think that the show was able to at least talk about some of the characters. I also have huge issues with the fact <laughs> <laughs> of course, going into the show and the first episode alone left a really sour taste in my mouth just because of, yeah, within the first 30 seconds, the girl who's under 5'3 is not yeah. acceptable yeah. in the family. And um, 
I think the very sexist or misogynistic um, comments that kind of come about colorism, shadism is huge. Um, internal internalized racism within the South Asian community, uh, prejudice against other um, diasporas, and like exactly like I mentioned, like with Nadia being from a Guyanese descent, you're still considered Indian, but within the community, just because you're not physically there at the time, you're not considered part of the community, and it has its own challenges. Um, and yeah, so just in terms of like talking throughout all those points, obviously those things are just what I have a hard time being okay with. I think all of us can agree to that just because we are of not, we're not of that mindset, but the show brings about these types of conversations, which I think are good because I hope. <laughs> King Street. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> um, but I do hope that the show brings about the conversation so that we can have these discussions and be able to openly talk about our own South Asian community and kind of in recent events with a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement as well. I think this also talks about, or sorry, this gives us a chance to be able to talk about these things. And I loved, I think it's like an episode seven or eight when, um, was it Rupam, her sister in New York, quietly just snuck in her partner who is, black and I yeah. was yeah happy. yeah that, that was just a subtle it's like yeah yeah he's but they didn't even call him black they said he was American so I thought that was great it was it's just I, I like that it was able to kind of talk about all these different types of people and their different backgrounds um I do think there's a lot of improvement to be made in terms of what next season could potentially look like um but I my mind did shift my perspective did shift from when I first started watching the show to try and give it a chance to <laughs> prove me wrong if you will um but I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that for now uh, we'll jump to Keith in a second but I, I did want to say that I think the worst I think the crime that it commits the most is I, I just didn't think it was that entertaining to me um if you're going to be in that box of let's say trash tv reality tv I really wanted more to happen and I know they've had enough of a, of a manuscript to figure out what would, what would be happening in each episode. And I just felt like there was too many, there were too many uh, slow pauses. Uh, I think they were trying to play it off as awkward pauses maybe. But mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was just, it, it just flat out, it wasn't as entertaining. And maybe that's just me, that's cool. Um, but, I, but one of the good things about the show is that it does show the face reader that sounds like a person from avatar the last airbender or something the face reader and then it shows the um the uh you know the holistic side the the fact that she's going through all these different avenues to see do they match i mean that that's kind of interesting i mean a normal person wouldn't uh that has nothing to do with arranged marriage know nothing knows nothing they would never know any of that stuff so, um another part that i didn't like about the show is structurally was kind of weird like they kept introducing new and new characters towards the end. Yeah. And then, I mean, um, I, I also went to school for, um, let's say, media. And I, you know, you, you learn the structure of, let's say, a podcast or anything. Everything has, uh, there's story beats, as you mentioned, Kurt. And um, even in the last episode, they introduced a character and then they just kind of like ended it. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Uh, did they have yeah. too much footage and not know how to put it in? And they're just waiting to see if people liked it to have another season, I think. Maybe that's probably what they did. They there actually they wasn't any hands. closure. There wasn't any closure. No. And there was another interview that was done by a lady called Dolly. I don't know if anyone has seen that, but she went around and introduced, well, interviewed 
all of the cast oh, members. Yeah. yeah, the Netflix India that? Netflix India special. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it actually worked quite well because that gave the show the closure that it needed. Yeah. And um, it also, funny enough, changed my perception of Apana and Nadia. Yeah. I thought Apana came out very strong in that Dolly insert, if I could call it that. And um, I found something a little bit off with Nadia, on, like personally. Um, I, I don't know what it was really about, but I think you guys should actually watch that to, to get a oh, different perspective on it. Be our, that's our pulse Yeah, rap. I definitely uh, agree with that because I'll, I'll be honest, um, the the character and i know everyone's gonna hate me for this a lot of women will but aparna i actually didn't like in the beginning of the episode but as soon as she started um a bit of self-improvement and i mean this in a different way i don't mean this in um a misogynistic way but i used to be this way too as well and it was like a self-defense mechanism um but she started opening up after a certain while but during that interview you can tell a lot, of it was, a lot of it was sort of edited a certain way in Netflix to make her look uh, a bit more bad than she was. So going back, Ari, like what you were saying, there is those tiny bit of trashy elements. But what Netflix has been doing a bit different too as well, like dating around as an example. Um, I love that show because it's a different type of uh, reality show where it's more, it's like a mix between almost documentary and it's a bit more serious versus trying to make everyone look like they're a fool and that's where you kind of have yeah and that's where you have um nadia where you kind of build that empathy with her and as soon as she started crying i almost started crying too i was like i I was like oh my god this is this is like insane i know what she's going through especially because here in toronto we have a huge guyanese uh community right we know that pain and we know they're seen totally different compared to Indians here in Toronto too as well, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's, it still has those small elements, but it's a different type of reality show. But this is coming from someone who loves something like Jersey Shore, right? Like, that's epitome of trash, and I love that so much. But this is a different type. I think they're switching it up on us, right? Oh, yeah. So one question that I have for everybody mm-hmm. is, like, height has come up as a, co- a couple of times. And, you know, the, the example, Nirvani, that you had spoken of, of like a girl being 5'3", and that not being acceptable to the family. So, a little bit of a confession. Growing up, I was like, I'm not gonna marry anyone over, under, unless they're under 5'10". And I thought that way for a very long time. That's interesting. And eventually I evolved as a human being and was like, that's stupid. Luckily also, uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky coincidentally in that category but um that is not something like when I talk to other women when I talk to men I don't think that is something that is exclusive to the South Asian community I think a lot of people have whether it's related to height or not have weird height requirements I think in the South and I'll say actually broader Asian community there are more overt uh tools for referring to certain feelings but like when i think about myself like i've been in situations where you know western men are like yeah i just don't find you that attractive and i'm like well why is that and they're like i don't i don't really know and it's like um i think i know what it is i think i know what it is you don't have to tell me but because i know 
And I just, I, I truly do feel like the things that were really problematic about Indian matchmaking and the things that people value and the things that people are looking for are things that could be said about anyone living in this world in which like there is a patriarchy, there is this, where we are living in a post-colonial estate, if you will. So I, it just like, I also, I, I also feel like I've also been told like, oh yeah, I'm not short or me being as short as I am is a good thing. And it's always like, but none of this stuff, like it doesn't have anything to do with me. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is all of the things that you guys are pointing out about being problematic about the show, I feel like is problematic about dating in general. And I do feel like, well, why is it that Indian matchmaking, especially amongst our community, is such a focus of derision? Like, why is it okay when we're out in the non-South Asian community that we're like these things are like, yeah, I mean, that's just dating. But when it comes to Indian matchmaking, it's so much more of a problem. Is it because people are more overt about it? Um, is it because it's people like our mom and dad or who look like our mom and dad and we naturally want to rebel against them that are saying these things? Like, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts that I want to throw out there. Yeah, so I, I think I don't think anyone is saying that... Um... I don't think that's the main. So I agree 100% with you. And first of all, I don't think it's okay to have those type of preferences. Um, but I'm a bit extreme where I, I want to solve that problem. And like you said before, there's steps, right? Going back to your example of the show, um, introducing what arranged marriage is, is the first step. And then we go on to saying arranged marriage is probably not a good idea, you know, step by step for the folks that don't understand it. Um, but when it comes to that extreme preferences, I really do not like having those preferences that we cannot change, right? And on top of that, specifically when you have preferences, it kind of clouds your judgment. And going back to Aparna, as a, when she first started off, she had a list where she's like, oh, I don't like comedy. And in, yeah, that was in that my was head, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gone. Like, what am I going to do? But at the same time, I was like, first of all, you do like comedy. It's just comedy that you like. And going, Nirvani, when you, uh, you watch that, um, the Netflix special afterwards, she talks about that. It's just that people, like, they have their preferences. It's not right. We know that. But I feel like even within our community, we're saying it's wrong because it, there's still a bit, like, it's, the preferences are even more whack. Like, they, they go to skin color, they go to a cast, which once again, like I can agree, we have that in our head, but we're not vocal about it as much as Indian matchmaking was. And they make it seem like it's okay, right? So do you think it's the directness? At, so would you rather someone not no, date not you? Because all. they're like, hmm, he's a little, yeah. I don't know that I find him that attractive because yeah, subconsciously like, they're like, you're too yeah. dark. You would rather someone be like that than someone overtly tell you no, i don't think you're all. attractive because you're not western looking enough for me no not at all, first of all first of, sorry carry on <laughs> yeah no no, no. I'll, I'll wrap it up quick but like to answer your question no right completely no but the way they they sort of romanticize it in that in that show i think is the issue versus you know it happening in our heads and i, I think like 
for everyone on this call, we're very, I feel like I could even tell right off the bat, we're very mature and we've outlearned that and we're starting to outlearn that, right? So very slowly, we know that this is wrong. And even my biases that I have, I'm trying to um, unlearn them every day. So I don't think we're the issue, but at the same time, there's other people out there that will take a look at this and be like, hey, that's okay that they're asking for these things, right? It's going back to that face value thing. Giovanni, you want to finish your thought and then we'll jump into something Yeah, else? just to tie into what Subhashini had said, um, I've been reading up on uh, attractiveness discrimination because um, I was very interested about perceptions of beauty, especially how it can affect somebody's career and um, especially in the workspace. So it ties in exactly to what Subhashini had said um, about perceptions of beauty and how someone is actually viewed and, and what the narrative is around that. I think the greater story is that we think that Western looks are more attractive and even we ourselves perceive it that way. Yep. But where does it actually come from? And, and I think it's, it's going to take a lot of work to unpack the, the conditioning that society puts on us, whether through media, whether through advertising or uh, the type of models that they use. And uh, you guys get what I'm talking about. The other thing that I just wanted to say about Aparna was that she really um, upset me <laughs> when she said that South Africa is quite touristy. And uh, she she dissuaded <laughs> Shaker to come to South Africa. Yeah, I was like, I was what? Like, <laughs> Just because I work in the tourism sector. But oh, I mean, that's okay. affecting my job directly. But uh, over and above that, I mean, it's really not a touristy country. So so that was just something that I wanted to say. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, Sarah, let's get to Adi trying right to rewrite the narrative on what it's like to go to South yeah. Africa if you're not from there. So <laughs> this is uh, secretly that's sponsored by the South agenda. African yeah. tourism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh. I just want to jump to Adi if he hasn't, uh, he's been silent yeah, for you. a bit, you know. Um, I, I think, uh, like like everyone's saying, like in Sebastian, I agree with you too, and Keith as well, and Narani as well, but like, you're allowed to have your preferences. Like what I deem as sexy is sexy to me and I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? And I should have, but as long as it's not oppressive, like there's a fine line between like, the, like the same way we can't go outside and direct hate speech at anyone else, right? Because it indirectly like, I'm like taking your dignity away as a human being, right? And so like the moment you start to cross those boundaries, it's moments where you have to facilitate dialogue because like it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And the further we go, the harder it is to like really seek back the truth. There's like more digging that we have to do. And it gets way more murky and complicated to actually like sit here. And like, I think the hard part is, is that we have a younger generation that is completely like living a different reality than the folks before us. And there is like a conversational gap, let alone a generational gap. And so like we're asking for different things, perhaps they're, they want different things, but it's like, do we let the old, like there are parts of the old that I want to continue so much. And there's parts that I just want to let go of and rid. But it's like it's honesty and dialogue and and I'm with you like there's there's so much about this that makes it so complicated. But at the end of the day, I think if if it's better that you facilitate an honest dialogue and get perspectives that are radically true from all across, than just look at it from one way. And I think like that's the only way to kind of transparently move forward, because we're going to have to like live with the fact that everyone has different ideals and everyone has different things that like they they. Uh, they like about other people themselves, whatever. And we I don't like, yeah, well, that's well said. Um, I, you know, I was going to ask, uh, Ed, you all know this, uh, you know, uh, what 
the worst thing about the show was, but I think we got a, a, a nice picture from all of you about that. I kind of want to focus on some of the characters. I mean, for anyone who hasn't watched the show, if you're still in this podcast, then kudos to you, but go watch it if you haven't. Um, Aparna has come up a couple times. I actually thought the two uh, actual Indian guys that were in the show were waste men, but that, but the second, yeah, the second one in particular, he was just, that, that's where I got super bored. I'm like, Akshay? nothing happened. And yeah, actually, I think it was actually, yeah. yeah. I think where he, he, he just got, he, he was doing nothing the whole time. And his sister was a firecracker just saying, oh, well, if you don't give any woman a chance, how are you going to feel attracted to them? Oh, no, that was Pradyuman. Oh, okay. oh, you're talking about the, uh, the vanity guy. The, yeah, the, the guy with yeah. the closet. Perry, yeah. Perry, that was the nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> the, 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 clo- the closet. The closet. <laughs> 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 Who's trying to go in there and steal his stuff? I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, I just thought they. Uh, we'll talk about them, um, but let's stick to Aparna for a second. Um, yes, yes, she, she. Uh, I think the editors did a great job in putting her in the first episode right away, right off the bat. Um, seeing her on those dates were amazing. Just throwing in the South African, like, don't go there. And when he, she was on that date with uh, uh, Shankar, it, it, he was just trying to open up and say, oh, I've, I've been to these countries, but uh, where have you been to? And she just says, I went here. And he's like, I'd love to go there. It's like, don't go there. It's like, why not? No, it's just not cool. It was, she was very, you know, just destructive. And she, it's, it's like she didn't want to be there. And, and I loved how you mentioned this before, um, where she doesn't want someone who's like a funny person, yet she was like, I'm only going to be at this restaurant for an hour. You have an hour to entertain me, right? And I, I thought that was very interesting because I've heard that before from certain people. <laughs> um, so who are your favorite characters? Who are your least favorites? Let's, uh, let's, let's go back to you, Avi. Sure. Uh, yo, honestly, I was the same way about Aparna in the beginning until I got to learn more about her mom. And then I was yeah. like, oh, she's just a walking projection of her mother. Like, it's the defensive mechanism that she's putting up there, I think, because, like, I think she has mad trust issues, yo. Like, there's this energy that she kind of walks with that's, like, already hostile from the TV. And I'm like, but again, I'm also cognizant of what you were both saying about how Netflix kind of perhaps found of course, some of course. appear that way. So I get that totally. But I have more of a bone to pick with her mom than her, I think, after learning about their story. But, yo, it comes down to Akshay. Like, I can't get over that dude. Like it's so triggering. Like that codependency stuff is. Like, oh man, uh, yeah. It's disgusting. Mama's boy. Yeah. It's it is. It like is. do do women like a mama's boy? Like, like no. Like entire generation of women. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like it was just gonna go into the. Oh, she was gonna get invited to that house so his mom can boss her around because that's what they were mentioning. <laughs> right? Which, Which I think that's like, what he's hoping, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Abby, you were saying. Or, oh yeah so yeah, i mean i, I think uh, it was just uh it was shivers i think because i you know i think Sima auntie said this in the beginning i wrote this down but she said she was taught somebody had asked her about how she got married and she was describing her experience and to close it off she said marriage is between two families it's not between a boy and a girl and i was like well there you go that's your mo right there that's right, all yeah. you know like and i i kind of the person that i hate the like the most i think i'm gonna backtrack is probably simanti like we don't talk about how much profiting off of this oh like, yeah he's flying from here to there to here like yo you're, you got it made you got 253 families or whatever you did like let us know how much you're making a cut off these families and how much like because it, it provides context to the business in and of itself right we're looking at it from like strictly like i'm looking at it from like a person that's about to get married and oh my gosh this is kind of 
cool and interesting. How can I partake or decide to walk away? But it's also realizing like she's got a vested interest in this as well. You know, Yo, Seema from Mumbai is making bank for she sure. A, she says this. She makes a couple of lakhs per marriage. Oh, okay. Jeez. Which is she not makes, significant. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really have a sense of Indian currency. It's a, it's a percentage of every wedding. That's from what I was reading. Oh, cool. um, I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> yeah. nowadays, weddings are a hundred thousand. They could be a million in in uh, India, right? Depending on who it is, how many elephants they're gonna have, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think my only bone was just like the fact that I couldn't. I never got a genuine like vibe from her, so I was just like, I don't know if you're just matchmaking people for the sake of getting a little bit of this, or the fact that if it fits, it fits great, and I'm still getting this, you know. But uh, I really did like. Uh, Vishal, I think I got his name wrong. Um, the counselor dude that pulled up with the sandals. And oh, oh, yeah, Vicer. Vicer was oh, I amazing. I fell in love with him. <laughs> great I guy. fell in love with him. Such a good heart. Yeah. He could be my friend. Oh, definitely. I just want to jump off of um, your last point. In terms of Aparna, if we're going to go ahead with her, I do think that she was vilified from the beginning um, all the way through to the end. And listen, I'm not saying that the stuff that came out of her mouth were things that I would go for. The salt. Oh, my God. That was, oh, my God. I, as soon as that scene came up, that's like, I just wrote that line down. So did I. But, so did they. Yeah. But, you know, some people are unique in that way. In terms of overall, like the qualities or the criteria that each person was looking for in the list that came up. Um, Subhashini mentioned this earlier. I think outside of just the Indian community, I think all communities have similar types of qualities that they look for. I think a lot of it is just internalized colonialism, well, from colonialism, obviously. Like we're all internalized with a lot of these prejudices and a lot of it is to do with self-reflection. And like you mentioned earlier, throughout Aparna's journey, like the more people that she met and the more that she got comfortable with who she wanted to be with and the type of person she was as a person that comes through more self-reflection. And I think that's an important journey for anybody to kind of go through in that way. Um, so yeah, at the beginning, I wasn't a fan of Aparna, but I did understand the struggle of Aparna. Like I understood her mom's history coming in, single mom, divorcee from early on, trying to raise her very mm -hmm. independent, financially stable daughter to not you know, be whimsy on who she wants as a future partner. So the, as, as a mother in that way, like, I understand sure. the strictness. And I think in a lot of South Asian communities, um, a lot of pa our parents are in a similar vein where, you know, they've left this struggle, they've left this life, immigrated to a new country in order to give um, their children a better life in that way. Do I think that obviously comes with a lot of unpacking? Yes. And she definitely started to kind of hint at it and do more of that journey um actually <laughs> i cannot you love that guy don't you? listen <laughs> i i don't have enough time on this podcast to kind of go through my dislikes of that guy, of this particular person um his mom though was extremely problematic for oh, me yeah. Um, not just actually and his dependency on his mom, electric complex aside and whatever. But I think in general, when it comes to the, the commonalities that we see in a lot of South Asian communities where women don't, women aren't as independent as they can be, but obviously it's changed from 20 to 30 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like the involvement of Ankita, 
which I thought was a great start because, you know, she had her own business. Um, You know, she was somebody who talked about also fat phobia in terms of the South Asian community and body dysmorphia, like the way that we perceive, like you need a slim, trim person, fair skin, all of these um, issues like colorism and shadism comes up in the show, which I think we do need to discuss and address as a whole as a community. Um, but as a character, actually, or as a per- as a character, he's a real person. But <laughs> as a person, I just think that actually had so much growth that needed to happen. But with obviously the pressures uh, from his own family to get married within a certain timeline that his brother couldn't be pregnant to have a baby because like go make your child it's still going to be fine you have nine months like you know but this is the realities of a lot of families like the pressure of being able to you know start the next step of your life in that way um but yeah for me my least favorite character or person was um actually his mom Pradhaman is 150 <laughs> non-match girls. Good job to all those women. Clearly, you're lucky. You know, you you, miss, you didn't miss out on nothing. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> you dodged a If you if you actually watch the the the, the video that Nirvani is talking about, yeah. Um, I think he did do a bit of that growing. So I, I feel like this kind of event did change a lot of things. So first of all, he didn't end up marrying a um. Hopefully I don't spoil it for anyone, but didn't end up marrying that girl. So he's like, dun, dun, yo, dun. he's like, bro, I can't even talk to this girl for five minutes. How can I marry this person? So he realized afterwards, right? With, so wait, they called it off. With, um, Who are we talking about? Which guy? Or uh, Akshay, Akshay and the last oh. girl. He did. Oh, he didn't go, through go through. So you remember they had the ceremony and everything. <laughs> Yeah. So they called it off. So he stood up to his mom and he's like, yo, I can't do this because I can't even spend five minutes with her. So Keith, what I found interesting. Sorry, go ahead. What I found quite interesting was at that interview that Dolly did, he was Mm -hmm. actually filming from something that looked like a bathroom. So he was in... What seemed to be in hiding. He's, he was escaping. He was escaping in the, the bunker. He's in his the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually decided me. right now that I'm <laughs> leaving this girl. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you guys should definitely see that. But it's interesting how everyone has gone through this self-realization because initially they're this way. But I feel like, and you know, we we have all these preferences. But the more you date. And this is the other problem I had with this whole show and arranged marriage in general is that arranged marriage is, um, is sort of like a success school, which I do not believe in, right? It's not a success school. It's a thing that you go through. It's a part of life versus someone you got to find someone and arranged marriage treats it as, okay, this is part of, you know, getting a good job, getting a good house, then getting married, having a baby and all this stuff. And the more that the people treated this as uh, something of, uh, I have to do this as soon as possible, the more pressure it became to get that person. And the first thing that they got, every time they had this expectation that this person is going to be the one, right? And that's what Akshay did. Like Akshay was a bit resistant, but then he's finally like, okay, fine, I'll do it. That was, I find that's the whole problem behind um that but yeah 
Anyone else want to jump in with their worst or favorite? I think we got it covered. I mean, pretty much. I mean, we're hearing a lot of overlap, but. don't actually have a worst or a fave, I don't think. I, well, I do have a worst, but I, I think it was interesting to look at all of the characters because again, like, I really feel for everybody. Like, even if you look at a character like Aparna, you might look at what she's looking for. Like, she clearly wants someone. She's someone who's very much like, I don't want to disrupt my life as much as possible just because I'm partnered with someone. And if that's the way that she legitimately feels, then I get it. It's going to be very difficult for her to be in a relationship with someone who is very outgoing, who likes to go to the beach a lot. Like navigating a, a, that a relationship with someone like that is going to be very challenging for her. So on the one hand, I understand that like you shouldn't let these like really silly things get in your way, but at the same time, well, if it is who you are and it's what what you're looking for, like, I mean, what am I gonna do? Set up a set up a parna with like I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example like Jake Jill Zach Efron. Like Jake if Zach Efron Jill and and Aparna were to date, like that would be horrible. She would hate him and she would feel miserable. So I, I get like, I don't mean Zac Efron like, oh, you know, he's super attractive, but like Zac Efron in that he's like, probably likes to go to the beach a lot. Probably he's like very showy, like, you he's know. He's in very, Baywatch. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, and I feel the same for Akshay. Like, yeah, I mean, you could say that he's being like cucked by his mom, but I mean, Definitely. You, could also, you could also say that like, but when you have a mother like that, Oh, is man. he really gonna like, I mean, standing up to her as controlling as she is must be a really formidable task. And are you really gonna marry this like rebellious chick who's not gonna fall in line with your mom? Because if you're super close to your family, that relationship is gonna be so awful to be in. So I really do feel for everyone on the show in, in terms of like, what they're looking for, what their challenges are, and ultimately what I think would be a successful relationship for them, except for one person. So uh, I don't know how to <laughs> say his pause. name. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name, but uh, uh, pra, 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 man? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. That was a tough name, to be honest, yeah. I, I think he sucks. And I think he sucks for a I mean, he just reminds me of so many awful men that I've dated in that he's he like is so focused on who he should be and what he should want that he's never really taken the time to figure out who he actually is and you can see that when his sister challenges him and she's yeah. like what do you mean attraction he's like i don't know it's just a feeling it's just a vibe like stfu like <laughs> too much too much too much aladdin for him right it means nothing so i feel like of all people he to me like really missed the mark because I just everything he said to me was like what on earth does that mean it's not important you're gonna have a very hard time being partnered with someone because you're just looking for this like mystical I'll I'll take your your uh your genie metaphor like you're just looking for this like mystical entity that's mad gonna give you like the perfect vibe and then that's the person you're gonna be with um he for me I think was the worst but i don't know I, I i don't really dislike any other character outside of him well first thing i'm gonna oh sorry go crew. oh no i was just gonna say i'm like i'll join you in that like <laughs> because the second other than the fact that 150 girls didn't do it for him cool 
um, that after he met with his sister, or I can't remember who it was, and he said that, um, or sorry, the first girl, the first girl that he did meet with, yeah. after so much convincing that he, he didn't meet a vibe, he wasn't interested. How do you meet a vibe from a photo? Like, you have to meet the person. Yo, 5G, yo, 5G. <laughs> so, Kritika, Kritika I, I did an exercise yesterday for myself, <laughs> and I had a conversation with a friend about it. We both have Tinder profiles, and out of the 40 or so, I couldn't count of pictures that came up, there was just one that I swiped right for. So, mm -hmm. so just, I mean, it could work that he's looking at a pic and he is probably not interested. It works that way. But I was, yeah. But what I really found quite interesting was I wonder if those characters were actually truly representative of an Indian community or South Asian community because they come from a lot of privilege. Yeah. And like in the sense of excessive money, I mean, to have a security access to your closet, that to me is, and, and then to be chauffeur driven. Anyone can do it. Just get like a lock. With a, it, you could get it for like 50 bucks off of Amazon. I feel like if it doesn't work one day, then you can't get dressed, right? Like, yeah. You, you could just go buy new clothes. <laughs> yeah. To you honest. have enough money, right? But so. to Navani's point, I do agree that obviously the yeah. physical attraction is very important. The point I was trying to make is that out of the 150 that he still couldn't even find one person because there wasn't during the episode where they had like a little snapshot of like a few yeah. women that she had sent through. And it's not as if they weren't, you know, beautiful or some sort of yeah. action that we could have seen in that level. But I think um, in terms of those qualities and like looking for somebody, I think there has to still be a willingness to mm -hmm. at least meet the person and normalize the idea of dating because not being able to meet these people. And again, strictly just off a resume, strictly just off the um, 2D information that you do have. I think obviously a lot of that comes with meeting people because that's how you see the journey and understand what you're looking for in a person, what you want as a partner, um, how you see yourself as a partner as well, right? And I think you hit the nail on the head too that we only saw the one percentage. Like I would love to see the matches for people from a low income family or the ones that don't have security codes for their closet. You know, we didn't have um, as wide of a breadth of people in terms of the different backgrounds that they did come from. Um, and then of course, it would just be interesting to see how Seema and T also kind of takes that information and does whatever, whatever yeah. she does. So we that. did, we did see a bit of it, right? We did see it with uh, Viser. Um, he was the guidance counselor in America who, and this kind of brings up a whole different problematic yeah. issue of like the patriarchy, right? And why arranged marriage is here and who it really serves. It serves the rich. Right back in the day, it was the caste system keeping the poor away from the rich and vice versa. Right, so we saw it in Viser. Here's this guy um, compared to uh, this rich guy we're talking about, which I once forget his name. Again. Yes, that guy. <laughs> He's super rich. Navani's on it. Yeah, <laughs> she know she's got it all researched and everything. She's right, got the bio data in front of her. <laughs> yeah, she's up next, right? <laughs> so when it comes to that, like you could tell the difference in how well Sima Anti kind of 
set him up with like the bet the best women out of the list but for him she's always like oh yeah he's very jolly he's got a good heart and he sets him up with another jolly person which we know is a code for something else yeah right so you can see how Seema treats these different things and what she thinks is like that's great insight continuing that uh arranged marriage lineage of set the rich people up with the rich people the poor people with the poor people we call this the good family right uh they come from a good family they're they're light-skinned they're all this and they're all that so those kind of preferences are coming from that kind of i think uh whoever said it it's that uh colonization whatever thing it was a good thing you said but i forgot what you said yeah 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 that's that's it just going back to chris's point for just for a second but like i watched this with my mom and like both my parents that's great yeah and it was yo she was like really out of touch like i thought it was gonna like facilitate conversation and i thought Mm -hmm. like something that my mom always tells me now is like she didn't have a chance to get educated back home she comes like both my family they're farmers and stuff and so being we are now and both my brother and i i think we're pretty well educated at this point she feels like she's like adi when you're talking to like folks like um, I'm looking at, like, I'm trying to talk to parents that are educated, too. And I'm like, Ma, you don't have to do that. Like, I don't want that. Like, I want someone that's grounded like you. Like, I want someone that's, like, from, like, we moved right to the block when we got here. And, like, mm-hmm. I got to move to the burbs later. And, like, I like that. And I, like, I've loved that segue. And I don't want to lose that part of my roots. But what my mom wants is completely different for me because she doesn't want to, like, whatever is going on in her head, she doesn't want me to replay that later on. Yeah. It's just, like, all of these things that we need to break down. But I was really sad because I was like, this is not geared for my mom. This is not geared for me either. You know, even though it is at the same time. And so like, I'm on the outside looking in, like, like all of these folks, like all their parents speak English, like to like, like as if they could just come here, no problem. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, that's not me. And like, there's just so many other things that like, um, like every family seemed like, uh, like I felt bad for VSR. Cause like, I feel like Netflix kind of put him on the spot when he came out with that disclosure about his, his pops and then his friends like, dude, you've never fucking told us this before. And, and he's like, I didn't, I thought I did, but yeah, wait, like, the executives told me not to, what? Oh, did, okay. Yeah. And like, you know, you, your best friend's telling you that your, your, your pops just got locked away for like whatever. And it seems like he has a tight group, like, you know, so I was just like, I don't know. Like it just, something didn't sit right in my gut and I'm hoping that hopefully when they move on to the next seasons or whatever, they start to introduce more folks. And, and yeah, we, we all hope that it gets, it gets more diverse in every way, socioeconomical and even the regions and maybe even uh, people that aren't from India. I know they had um, Nadia from Guyana, um, but um, I, I know Adi that you are a well-educated guy because you have an Inter Milan shirt and you also are a poster child for recycling with that Tropicana water in that, uh, orange juice right there oh yeah you show that um look honestly this even though i said i wasn't as entertained i think this was a great starting point for a show of this caliber that's on netflix right i mean most most of the time you'd see it on like what is it like superstar tv or jaya tv or whatever international iptv tamil or indian channel you'd see it on um but i did like some of the moments from the show like for example (laughs) Um, let's talk about Rupam for a second. Um, she was the, let's just call it qualifiers, the Sikh girl, right? And she was um, from a situation where she was divorced and she has a kid. And in that meeting with uh, Seema, she, she uh, 
they they get this other guy who's American, but he was also divorced with a kid. And when her father asks, was his ex-wife American or Indian? And they say she was American. His tone totally changed. And he was like, oh, it's this situation's not the same as my daughter's situation. And Seema's like, what are you talking about? They're both divorced. It's the same situation regardless of if, if the wife or partner was American. But he said, no, um, the boy was a respectable Indian Sikh boy. But I'm like, doesn't that argument go against you? Because you're saying that she met the respectable Sikh boy and she couldn't make that work. Not saying it was on her, just saying through his perspective, that's what he thought. But oh, the right. other person was American and that didn't work, but that's worse now. I mean, that, that's, that's hilarious in itself. So that was, that was one of my standout moments. And another one was Nadia yeah. where she, uh, a little more somber, was saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just so lonely. And I, that did strike a chord to me because I, 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 you know, I, I was in my parents' basement for a while living. And there, there were times when everyone I knew were out with their partners and just friends. And I was just chilling out and watching Love Actually or something. And, and I, I, you know, I've had those moments. So when she said that, it was, it was great. And then she made the joke that she, she hates being on her period right after. And I loved it. I thought that was a great point. Like, it, it, it was somber and it was, it was kind of funny because I know she wanted it to be, right? Like, to keep it light. It, it, that's what it seemed like the editor was choosing, at least. Um, whether it came off like that, you guys tell me. But I, but I did like that point. Um, so what are your favorite moments? And you can respond to me because that's what I saw. Someone's about to go I off right now. I love it. That's First what I want. All, a woman Someone's of about women women right now <laughs> are not, like, people are allowed to be people and women are allowed to be emotional without it having anything to do with her period. Yeah. A period no, no, we agree with that. Like, we agree with that. It's oh, not a, like Insidious yeah. sequel, Insidious number four, where it possesses a woman and she has <laughs> all control over her emotions and her <laughs> rationale. Like, that... When she said that, I was like, oh, my God, you're like, mm, this, so yeah, that, you're, you know what? It's that's like she's trivializing, trivializing the point, the point of sadness that she has, yeah, blaming it on like, that. I understand. That's, it, but I, sorry, it, that's just one, like, personal pet peeve that I have, which, like, will so easily trigger me, is when men or women say, like, oh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's because red was flowing from her river. Because <laughs> yeah, Aunt, okay. uh, Aunt Flo was visiting, right? <laughs> Aunt Flo. Yeah, what about men when they have their testosterone spikes? Oh, that's, that's like twice. That's like three times a month. <laughs> I agree. I agree. In terms of the feelings and the emotional side, uh, for Nadia, when she did have that moment on camera, I did feel for her. And I think across the board, we all felt that for her because we understand that feeling and what it is to kind of lack something that you just really want so badly. Um, but what I also in a different context to the emotional perspective, when we get introduced to Geetha, the second matchmaker, um, yeah. we're supposedly more modern or more with the times, however you want to phrase it. She, with her meeting with Ankita, said in the show that women have a duty to be the more emotionally um, emotional person. That hurt. Which I disagree with entirely, um, and I'm sure we can all speak to this at different points, but I think what's really important to understand and navigate through any sort of relationship in order to have a healthy relationship, you need both parties to contribute, both parties to be emotional, and emotions are valid. You don't need your period to justify your feelings. You don't need a testosterone burst to justify your feelings. I mean, keep it in check, don't get me wrong, but... I'm just saying that I think 
having this conversation and normalizing the idea of having honest conversations, talking about your feelings, having healthy discussions, and kind of minimizing things like toxic masculinity, toxic um, conversations that involve like your body, your skin tone, your your preferences, your sexual preferences, like sexual orientation, I mean. Um, these things just all kind of come into the conversation and I think that's what we need to normalize more of and less so that you can't be emotional you can't be jovial or jolly or however you want to say it um it's just funny because only in the South Asian community will I ever say the word jolly or jolly. yeah <laughs> they, they always say jolly yeah Oh, my bad. Someone comments on this video and says, I bet these women were on their period. I would love that. That's why I'm wearing red. You know what? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's that flow right there. <laughs> All over the screen. <laughs> There's Akshay on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? For like guys where she's just so internalized and so rigid and you can see like there's emotion that's trying to yeah. stop, like I'm so not he's in control like or he's scared <laughs> that if it I don't know what it is, but it's just like, mm. there's a lot going on up here that's not being necessarily like projected yeah, out. He just can't even vocalize it. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, it's not healthy, bro. Like, it's like, you gotta let that shit out and you gotta like, like understand why it's coming out to move forward. Right. And yeah. so just back piggybacking off what you were saying for sure. Yeah. And that's why I kind of love Visor because he is a bit more in tune with yeah. that. And compared to what we're usually seeing, like, the whole toxic masculinity thing that's why i felt connected to him because that's who i want to be i have so much of this trauma of trying to be like this real man or whatever but getting to what visor is like someone who get, uh, can speak what he uh, can say and just talk about his feelings etc and he knows that in a relationship how important that is that's just great right oh yeah he, he was totally naked with his feelings i loved it yeah like to anyone, to everyone. It seemed like he was great at just projecting everything that was internalized, everything that was there. And maybe uh, maybe that's why he thought that he needed the matchmaker in general, because, you know, just by just seeing his presence, you know, obviously we don't know everything, but it didn't, it didn't seem like he, he needed to lean on that. But, you know, that's another thing. Nirvana, you have any favorite moments? Um, yeah, I, I really liked that while we're on the topic of Vyasa, was that he was actually so open-minded and like he was willing to date someone 10 years older than him. And to be quite honest, that's a very rare thing. Um, well said, yeah. Yeah, so I, I liked that he broke those stereotypes. Um, I, I liked Nadia's um, authenticity. I, I liked Shekhar. There was something about him that was very real and, and he composed as well. And he was like, okay, this might not work for me, but let me just t follow through with it and, and take it to the end. And, and from what I understand, he um, and Nadia don't actually speak anymore, but he and Aparna still speak. So th that was Whoa. quite interesting. I guess because yeah. they're both attorneys. Twist. They're both attorneys. Yeah, that, that's was, why. that was quite interesting for me. But, but that came obviously from the, the post-show um, feed that I watched. And uh, yeah, really I, I think on the whole... Um, what I really liked was that it got people talking, whether people were talking shit about it or whether we were actually enjoying it. It actually started a conversation across the world um, and not just in our communities, 
but uh, in different cultures. So people were thinking, okay, maybe I actually misunderstood what the South Asian community is all about, that there's so many different types of um, sub-communities within that and, and different types of ideals and, and also the misperception about arranged marriages because I think also people think that arranged marriages is a thing that people who have a history of uh, or an ancestry with India and South Asia, that's what they do. But actually it's not. Because if I look at my own background, my grandmother who was born in 1926, her marriage was an arranged marriage. My mother's was a love marriage and she got married in the 1970s. And uh, well, we won't go down my road, but <laughs> the reality is that it's, it's no longer practiced here in South Africa. And may, it, it's four generations down and it's probably coming for your kids. You know, you guys will not be able to have arranged marriages at some point because it's going to die out as there's more integration and as the generational shift happens. Um, and it's also something that, like, is it going to be sustainable? Are you guys actually going to be able to carry that tradition through? And is it something that you guys want to carry through? It's funny you should say Good that because I think the institution of marriage as a whole, which that deserves its own topic, honestly, um, but the institution of marriage and the 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 business of getting marriage. I mean, coming from an event planning background, I want something small, tiny. I know how much goes into it, um, but I think arranged marriages as um, a concept, I think it does work for some cases. It's not for everyone, but I think that in certain cases with people, if they truly do trust their parents and their parents do know them well, or they do have har a hard time trying to find somebody who fits their ideals, then, you know, they've explored the online dating, they've explored the friends of friends, they've explored all these other options. I don't think it's the worst i just think the practice of you know looking at your caste looking at your appearance your socioeconomic background your family's history like i think there's a certain caveat like there has to be something that you have to just um adjust here and there speaking of the word adjust though the consistency of how much we hear that women need to compromise and adjust oh, yeah. themselves throughout the entire show I mean, we love to hear it. We love to hear how the women have to constantly adjust. And of course, I know from this panel, we don't support that, but seeing it in the show was obviously, it's a different type of trigger because no matter how successful or independent some of these women were in the show, it was still a constant battle to make sure that they assimilate into the in-laws or, you know, their potential future partner's family and make sure they accommodate themselves and their needs to what their future husband and their families would want. And that obviously comes from a lot of financial independence that a lot of women 20, 30, 40 years ago may not have yes. had. And marriage itself was something that benefited those families. But now as we kind of progress and move forward, you do see a lot more of those independent women, which is obviously great to see but it's the societal ideals that you know they're still trying to escape and we just like we still have so much work to do that way to kind of break through and not look at the number of zeros that are 
I also think uh, that we're living, I think we're all living in very diverse societies. So it's not the same landscape and social uh, landscape that uh, comes out of Indian matchmaking above uh, the American audience uh, or um, participants. But uh, if you actually look at the matchmaking system as a whole, it's not really geared for our society. It's, it's very much an Indian kind of thing. Um, like in my environment, I, I pretty, I'm pretty confident that it won't work. Um, just simply because in, here in South Africa, we're in such a minority and it's like everybody I know is married already. So also at my age range, you're gonna, like I'm finding that it's either gonna be the younger guys that aren't ready to commit or older men who come with a lot of baggage and, uh, and not good baggage. Um, <laughs> Because there is some good baggage and bad baggage, of um, but but yeah, it's it's a very complex thing because like we 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 sort of want to adapt the concept of of matchmaking, but then again, it goes back to online dating really is matchmaking, just without Sima Auntie. Yeah, and perhaps like I, at least on on the the other side, like I know we have like a big like Tamil population here, like I don't know what big is, but enough of a pool, I think, and like I think it's all about like sitting in the driver's seat if you're going to elect to use this like mode as a way to find somebody but like i like personally like i've tried to take a hybrid approach so i'm still doing my thing you know what i mean like i've came out of a relationship and i'm kind of like okay like i'm nearing my 30s now like i would like to like get into something like build something so if my parents can foster that wonderful and i'll sit in the driver's seat in terms of how we can do that together or I can also go on my own too. But like I want as many avenues and bridges as I can do. But I totally hear what you're saying too, because <clears throat> ultimately it comes down to a numbers game too, right? Mm -hmm. And who you're playing with and what's in that pool. Um, so yeah, it's it's complicated, but like I don't I think it works for like the individual. Like for me, like I'm I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Like my neighborhood, I don't really have a lot of Hamel folks like living around me. And I'm not necessarily connected to I don't know too many folks that are like in my field doing my thing or speak my language if you will and so i need that other like network i need that other avenue to like get me in and like otherwise the reality is i'm probably not going to go into my culture in terms of marriage right and so right. it's just trying to find whatever works for me or anyone at the end of the day i feel like you three have given your uh final thoughts about the the show and uh kind of your life in general which is always great to hear um Sebastian and keith i guess well, let's hear your final thoughts I'll go first because uh, the future is female. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, a, a couple of times in this conversation, we've talked about how arranged marriage is not a good thing, but I actually don't think that that's the case. I think arranged marriage and matchmaking can be successful in a variety of contexts. And, you know, I think again, like my big thesis of the night is going to be, I don't think arranged marriages are all that different from dating. You just have your parents and an old man and woman that <laughs> will do some kind of witchcraft on the side involved. Um, and like, I mean, again, like I, so I've actually done some matchmaking, which I actually regret immensely. Um, but I, you know, I set my friend up with this guy and to be honest, I realized well after the fact that he actually sucks. And the thing is like, but a lot of the things that you just talked about, Kirthi, like she's facing right now, she's like, yeah, but like, is he really that bad? And like, 
I don't know that I'm going to find anybody else. So I should just settle for him. And it's so sad because she's such a successful, like powerful, independent, like modern woman, but she's like dating this like disgusting deadbeat. And I'm like, how are you going to make that work? Like, you think you're going to go to Thailand with someone who doesn't have a job and you're going to be fine bankrolling him? Sorry, I have a lot of feelings. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just think these things are true, like, regardless of the context. And it's just a matter of who's involved. Um, I would love to be able to pick out my daughter's husbands. Um <laughs> I have excellent taste in everything, uh, so I don't see why that would be a bad thing. So I would love to do that. Now, whether it's like, oh, well, you know, his rising sign has to, you know, be on your uh, Venus or your ascendant. Can't be like, perpendicular. It's got to be parallel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that stuff I don't care about, but there are things that I think are important. Like, maybe this is controversial, but we talk about socioeconomic status. I actually feel like those need to be kind of similar um, in order for a partnership to work or you know you need to have certain values that kind of circumvent that if that's not important to you um, you know like for example I'm so sorry Yasser but I don't think he and I would work out because I love 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 real like designer handbags and if he's not gonna buy me one I'm like it may sound stupid but I would be resentful of the fact that he's not my financial equal in the relationship. So whether it's arranged, whether it's dating, I think there are a variety of things that are important in a relationship, but I do think a lot of people want what they don't need and need what they don't want. And someone, I think it was you, Keith, that said it earlier, the more you get exposed to people and the more you spend time around what it is that you think you want, you'll actually realize that I'm not going to be able to build a, like a family or a future or a life with them. So Nirvani, I'm going to suggest that you give one of those 40 guys a chance because there are actually studies that do say that when you meet with someone that you swipe left on, you actually end up having like a much better time than you would have thought. So give them a chance. Yeah, COVID's not the time to do dating, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, so fair. Get the Zoom dating going on. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're meeting all of us. So yeah, meet there you go. a husband, a wife, whatever, friend. <laughs> a friend. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess my final thoughts. I, I think two things that we didn't cover, and it kind of accumulates everything together. Um, so I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, um, except for... Uh, unfortunately, Subashini, there were some of them that was a bit <laughs> problematic, but I won't unpack it right now because that's a whole different episode. We but, can talk via email. Yeah, sure. Sure. We could, we could definitely do that. I can have you on my podcast. That's probably a good idea to, to do that. I love that. <laughs> <Making> connections. <laughs> I love exactly. it. Thank you, Ari. Um, but so the other show I was talking about, Dating Around. Um, there was a, a an Indian woman on that named uh, Gurki. And I actually did an episode which is coming out very soon. So watch for that. Um, but there was two things that she brought up, which was kind of um, problematic in what we see in her episode. It's the whole pressures of having to listen to your parents because they think they know what's right. Um, that's what I feel is a bit problematic about this whole arranged marriage, Indian matchmaking. And you see that in Akshay. Akshay is like an extreme version of that. 
But even just to get married and going back to women who have to feel like they need to get married before a certain age, that comes from parents. And that's, I feel that's very traumatic, right? That's where trauma comes from. And going back to it, Gurki also said to, on that episode how um, it's, like, it's like a happy ending, right? So a lot of people message her after that show because, you know, not to spoil it, but actually, yeah, I'm going to have to spoil it. But she doesn't pick anyone on that show. Right. So at the end of that show, you're supposed to pick someone. She didn't. And when they found out that she actually was dating the director of that show afterwards. Um, so it looks like I'm revealing a lot that you guys didn't know. Right. But she uh, she would get a lot of messages and they're like, oh, that's a good, happy ending and all that. But at the end, Gurky was like, this isn't like a happy ending. It's not like a success. Like it's it's a tiny little milestone. But I know for all of us who are in relationships or eventually are looking to get married, it's sort of like a, a thing that we're going through versus we need to get married before a certain time. And once again, I know I'm not a woman where, you know, you have certain scientific things like, hey, I can't have a kid before this and that. But at the same time, you see the exact same theme throughout all of these. I have to have a marriage before this time. And I'm not able to date properly, meet different people. And uh, I think that's the whole issue behind that I have behind this. Hey, well said. I'm glad you guys all enjoyed the show on some level or another. Uh, What a show. I mean, look, we could talk about it forever, but I think every one of you had a very intellectual and very grounded and very diverse take on it versus me, who was just like, this is not entertaining. I am not entertained. Cue the gladiator speech. But um, there were some, again, there are some moments that I, I just reminded myself of. I, I think one of the neat things they did in the show where they, they had those little intros at the beginning of each episode with um, couples that have been married for quite some time and just have a little, a little cute story about themselves. And they were never fo- uh, featured again. I thought that was great. And that would be, it would be great to have a show like that where you just talk to them, actually. Q&As with them would be great. I would um, add to that if I could and say I would also love to see if they showed like actual divorce couples too to say like maybe don't rush into it maybe look out for this or learn from our mistakes like don't get me wrong it's it's great and I think it's sweet to show those couples and that arranged marriages do work in some aspect for some people but on the flip side too like I would love the reality of the couples that didn't make it through and like were able to talk about uh their learnings I guess from yeah because um you're right. And, and there are some questions from the show, like we all were wondering who ended up with who and did they stay with them and whatever. Like, what happened to that guy that first dated Nadia? He just like didn't show up to a couple dates and then he just didn't show up ever again. I know they didn't explain, then they don't need to. But I was always like, what? He did, apparently. I think that's the point. Uh, no, I know. I know. It, 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 it's, you're right. You're right. But I was just like, what happened? I want to know now. And, and I thought does want okay. to know. he posted on Instagram like a very yeah. poor oh, apology and like his side of things. I don't. I'm not going to spoil it. Feel free for yeah. everybody. You should kind of like because I really want to know now. Um, yeah. I oh, it was just like a yeah, like a whack kind of um, apology. Like she's saying it's. I don't think there was anything to it. She, he tried to make it seem like, oh, it's not his fault, but like he just flaked. It was, it was not fair at all. Dude, her friends were there at the bar just waiting for him. I'm like, come on, man. You just got to show up. He got into a fight, fight with, with his sister. sister. 
listening, in case anybody's watching this and doesn't know how to work through a fight with their sibling, you pause it. You say, I'm going to come back to this. Go to the commitment you made with that girl and her friend. Come back and then finish the fight. Is this advice for Ross and Rachel? So were they on a break? <laughs> break. <laughs> well, I think Nadia lucked out at the end of the day. Yeah. She did. Isn't she single? Yeah, unfortunately yes. she is. She, she oh, lucked so out? She, like, yeah, she missed <laughs> yeah. a mullet. I mean, for those of you that have uh, been fortunate enough to not date in New York, that's unfortunately extremely common. <laughs> so so we've, so we've heard. I... I will jump in and say I have experienced that and you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, dating sucks. <laughs> but I'm I'm in a happy, very, very, very happy relationship. So not to like, you know <laughs> not to uh, in no, case no. one had a wound and the stomach. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, my hot take. I mean on good luck to y'all. But yeah, good luck to y'all. <laughs> good luck to you. Just all. like you I'm good yeah, though. I'm I'm, I'm a good. committed. I don't know about you losers, but <laughs> Thing. you got to normalize that too happily single and yeah. just in terms of the context of the shows i can't remember i think keith or sebastian might have mentioned it but like the the clock ticking for women or whatever the case may be i find myself actually in the opposite where i don't think i want kids and in Good terms for you <laughs> more of that more like of that trust me but trust me. you know in terms of the south asian community too i don't think that that's that comes with its own stigma and its oh. own you know issues as well just in terms of how people talk about it normalizing it um and making it seem like it's not a non-selfish thing to do um but of course that's for another episode and another time hey we'd we'd here at tc we'd love to welcome you back for probably differing episodes because well unless people are like we need that uh six person group again because they were the best and you know we want to see a reality show of them and like like them subscribe that would be like video, so please. good oh, it, i mean maybe we, i'm just like i like love myself so much <laughs> i mean that would be so much fun I, I know there's a mirror in front of you right now i know i mean i, I think there's a picture of a partner in front of her actually <laughs> you know, it's just me. there's nothing wrong with loving yourself hey like you know you guys talked about how you really felt for i forget her name but when she was like i'm so lonely like i've never felt that way to be honest like yeah, that's great. I think you're 26, right? <laughs> you're 26. Am I right? I'm 20. You said you're 20. No, 28. I'm 28. I'm 28. Yeah. Okay. No, I love myself. Like, I do it sometimes. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> You haven't been through this love yet. Yourself. <laughs> self love, self care. The more you know about yourself and what you want, the more you'll get out of your life, honestly. You can't be in a relationship without understanding yourself. Oh, I think yeah. It's just a disservice. Oh, yeah. To the person, you know? Oh, yeah. You got, you got to complete what's in here and possibly mm-hmm. what's in there. And satisfy yes. stuff Definitely down there before you get in. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but uh, I guess this is where we'll close. Um, thank you for coming on with us at TC Talks. I'm going to stop the record button so we can really talk shit right now. Until the next episode, thank you for everyone for coming. Let's do a little wave right here. <laughs>